All right, so we're back here once again for another edition of Couch Coach Live here Wednesday night under the lights on the couch on Couch Coach Live. We got a special guest in the building, um, our, our guy Jordan from sportsgroup.com, my uh, brethren from the NFL carousel, NBA carousel. What other stuff do we, we, we're, we're a part of, Jordan? <laughs> That's pretty much it, besides the show <laughs> so, that you, that you uh, have me occasionally on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, man, think about it. I was like, yeah, we, why don't we associated with the carousels, the NBA, NFL ones? I was like, we probably got something else too. But I was like, had a, had a, had a double check because I was like, is it? You know, <laughs> I can't think of anything. But I mean, we ch- we talk all the time. So <laughs> yeah, and of, and of course, you, you know, always, you know. Yeah, um, you, you're, you're on the on Couch Coach Live as well, often as well too. So we definitely always appreciate your presence when you do come on our pod and and just your support overall with everything that we do here. So yeah. Um. So what's going on with Jordan? Not much. I mean, it's an exciting time of year for me. I mean, my team's still in the NBA playoffs. So. I mean, unfortunately, you know, the Avalanche lost in the first round. So why not have the Nuggets do what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, you think about it. You, last year, you, you had the Stanley Cup. You are technically seven games away from, you know, tasting that same, the, the, um, the, the, you know, that same joy of, of winning the championship with this Denver Nuggets squad. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's pretty much a good time in, 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 in the Mile High City. And then also... Sean Payton is in the fold in Denver, so a lot going on in, in in Denver and some exciting times. It really is. I mean, this is probably the best time of year. I mean, of course, we got uh, mini camps just wrapping up. We're going to have training camp in July, and of course, like we've talked about, the Nuggets run. So, and of course, we play you in week two. So there we go. Yes, and we're definitely going to talk about that. So definitely glad that you brought it up. So pretty much we got a great show lineup for you tonight. So we'll talk about Jordan's uh, Denver Nuggets um, as they uh, won the game one at the Western Conference Finals. We'll talk about the Spurs uh, being lucky once again, um, and then we'll talk about the the latest two high two, two firings in the NBA, coaching wise, and uh, we'll talk about the Commanders uh, being sold um, with that. And then we'll talk a little schedule release, and we'll just talk about. Jordan and I will square off on September the 17th um, as we head head west to play our formula foe that is the Denver Broncos. So we'll talk about the schedule release that came out last week as well. And then, you know, that's, and then we'll put a bow on the show. But um, so what we'll do, we'll take a brief timeout. We'll be right back. This is Couch Coach Live, and we'll be right back shortly. <laughs>
And we're back here on Couch Coach Live. Before we start the show, I've got to give a huge shout out to the good folks at Goalie. Head over to goalie.com. Use the promo code COUCHCOACH at checkout. Before we bring Mal in the frame, we definitely got to get this comment. Uh, so one of our guys, Lamar, he's a, he's a uh, Bears fan. I mean, I'm a Browns fan. And he, you know, of course, he, you know, so. I will say. Trash I talk mean- will commence. Yeah, I'll wait until about just, uh, September once preseason commences, and then I'll I'll comment on that later. Yeah, but that's a, definitely gonna be an interesting matchup. Both of the you know obviously the Browns kind of getting their win. There you know that you know uh, with Deshaun Watson kind of getting into his groove. Obviously, as as a Commanders fan, he I think that's he had his coming out game. Um, you know when he played us, so you see a lot of kind of flash with that. And obviously, like we talked about it earlier with your you know with. You know, Sean Payton in the fold. You know, we know Russell Wilson probably going to have a definitely better year. So, yeah, man. So we got definitely, def- we'll definitely chop that up at, um, during the show as far as talking about the schedule release. But before we talk about your Denver Nuggets, we have to bring in our uh, bring in Maui in the fold because he's a, he's a Lakers guy. So this would be a very interesting, compelling argument. So we'll bring Maui in the frame. <laughs> there we go. What's up? All right, yeah. What's going on? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. How, how's everybody doing? Good, good, um, good. Pretty good. I mean, I got a one one zero series lead right now, but I'm not comfortable with it. Oh, you already answered one of my questions. Well, I like you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we'll get into it now. So we'll talk about obviously last night's matchup with the um, Lakers Nuggets game, one of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, the Nuggets won by the final score of one thirty. Two to one twenty six. Uh, Jordan, your boy Jokic, man, uh, a triple double 34, 21, yeah, yeah. and 14 assists. And then Maui, your boy Braun, 26, 80, 40, and 10. Uh, right. so I'm gonna go with you first, Jordan. Uh, the victor, uh, what was your thoughts on last night's game? The problem with the Nuggets, and I've seen this with them the whole season, we were up 72 54. I figured, hey, you know what, this game's over. Well, the only problem is, is there's two halves to play. And I've seen them do this a lot this season where they're on cruise control. I've, they obviously thought the game was won. Well, there's one problem. It's a second half. And um, you look at it, and uh, the Lakers actually outscored the Nuggets. What was it? 72-60 uh, to 60 in the uh, second half. This game got close. It was a three-point game. With 227. Now we could probably imagine how I was feeling when it got down to three. I was fe- mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, they're going to blow this. Luckily, they figured out a way to hold on to it. But really, if you look at it, I mean, it was the second half shooting that was the difference in this game. The Lakers shot 66.7% in the second half. That's how they got back. I figured they were going to make a run. I was not feeling, I was feeling confident until that huge run at the end. Luckily, the Nuggets held off. I'm still not comfortable because. I know the Lakers are going to make adjustments in game two. Absolutely. Uh, Mal, your thoughts? Um, um, I, uh, I feel like um, we should have won. I, the run we made, we should have won the game. And it came down to basically um, LeBron, the, the fumble, the 50-50 ball, definitely. Um that three. I don't think he should have took the three. I know uh, Reeves missed, had made threes, and then he missed his last three, which I think he kind of rushed it. And I think LeBron, the same thing. I feel like you worked. You did a comeback. You have all these nuggets. All these nuggets is in 
foul trouble. So my whole thing, I get it that you guys are tired, get you guys are old, but you know, if you just keep with this discipline of keeping the same game plan that got you there and get Murray or KCP or, or, or Joker in the foul out and then play in the, in the, in the overtime, you know oh, what I mean? You forget it's probably would have won had we gotten into overtime. You probably would have won. And you still could have won if you made your three free throws. And I keep thinking there's another player that missed a free throw. I, it might be Lonnie Walker. I cannot remember. But me, I'm going to speak from a Laker. Now, I watched them all year. And if you pay attention, everybody talks about that trade. Only person that was in there was Rui. Russell wasn't in there. Vanderbilt wasn't in there. And um, <clears throat> um, Beasley wasn't in there. So this was, the to me, the same team that was playing the Nuggets in the beginning of the season without Westbrook. And, you know, remember, Westbrook was coming off the bench. So they've had success. You know what I mean? But they also have Rui there. It, it, to me, the Lakers, to me, is making the, um, the, the playoffs very interesting because it's like a chess. It's like it gives us really something technically to talk about because it's like chess. There has to be some type of adjustments. You know what I mean? And I felt like this first game, just like the Warriors' first game, to me was, I won't say no disrespect, a toss game, but I felt like let's just see what we do, what they're going to throw at us, and we see what happens. As long as we get one of these games, we're good because we're undefeated at home. You know, and it reminds me of the bubble where they would lose a game, and then they'd be like, oh, okay, and then it'd be almost like a gentleman's sweep. And there's no – I also want to say this before I have I have numbers and everything. If you want me to break it down, bottom line is they shot a, a couple of more um, three pointers and they made a couple more three pointers. Everything else was damn near equal. That's just the truth. You know what I mean? Um, AD had everybody had a wonderful game, but you could tell it was more or less. Let me see really what's going on. I'm not going to lie. I felt like the Nuggets at the end of the game looked a little nervous. And I think and Mike Malone was like. If they didn't get that 50-50 ball, and, and that, that changed the momentum. And um, what else? It was one more thing. Um, I'm happy this happened for Joker because he proved those two MVPs wasn't a fluke. And no disrespect, he should have won it this year. You know what I mean? I hear what everybody say, but the way he played in that game last year, he let everybody know, like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no toss-up. I mean, he – Triple W dominated. It's just that there was an adjustment there to play with who he is. And you know what I mean? And everybody has a weakness, but that's it. And I, I do agree with Maui. I mean, Joker to me, I mean, I've seen him in all these playoffs and he's doing what he's doing. He's coming to be a uh, basically a superstar. I've yeah. seen him as a superstar. Now everybody's seeing what I've seen. To your right. point, though, I do think that had we gone into overtime with our foul trouble, I think Murray was at five. Joker was at five. If you foul those guys out, you guys would have won the game. There's no doubt in my mind. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and one more thing, um, from a Lakers standpoint, I wrote here, I said, uh, Russell Walker, Vanderbilt, they cannot not be in double digits. No guards to me should be in double digits, should not be in the double digits in the NBA. That's, that's, that's crazy to me. Schroeder, you can't have six points. You got to – you can't, I mean, three points. You got to have at least 10. So, because they had what, four players in double figures, where the Nuggets had six. You see what I'm saying? That's it. All you, coach. <laughs> I, I definitely, just to Maui's point for uh, game two, I really think this is a must win for you. We want to go up to mm-hmm. nothing going to LA. If we're tied right. at one, it's anybody's series. Right. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think it's just one of those where it's, it's, it's interesting. I think game two is really going to be really telling. It's kind of because you look at it from both perspectives. You look at Denver, they probably played their best, the, the best three quarters I've seen this season in any team in any facet. So then, you know, obviously the comeback with the Lakers, like it's getting one of those things where where will be the adjustments in, in that, where it's like, you know, because normally we always say when you get blown out like that, hey, those garbage time, that garbage minutes, what you going to do in that garbage time to learn from it? And then obviously right. with the Lakers kind of climbing back in and making this competitive towards the end. Um, so game two is definitely going to be pivotal. And like you said, and you know, we talked about like the Lakers being undefeated at home. The Nuggets are undefeated at home as well. So mm, I didn't know yeah, that. So, okay, yeah, cool. so it's going to be definitely going to be an interesting game two. And I think game two is going to be something that's, that's telling – well, we it's, it's like everything. We always these games like in a microwave where it's like mm-hmm. you know now you know then we have two games like somewhat of a body of work and kind of see how this series is going to be defined. So definitely looking forward to uh, game two and just, just the games in this series. So, so I have one question. Yeah. One quick question. Hey, hey, um, Jordan, Jordan, right? Yep. So who do you think? I'm gonna tell you who I think. Your Nuggets. So on the Lakers, who do you think they could need to contain to get the win? Jeez, I would say Reeves. I mean, he was the guy that mm-hmm. was going off last night. I mean, LeBron did his thing. He wasn't. I mean, it took him four quarters to do it. Davis, right. of course, is always the guy down below that's going to get his points. Reeves, though, I mean, he can shoot the three, and that's how it, they actually got back in the game. Was right. the fact that he was shooting three pointers. So for us, we have to. Keep, basically defend him better on the perimeter so he doesn't have those threes. I feel like if we can keep Murray to 23 and I think contain maybe KCP and I think Brown to Mm, less than 20 points, I think we have a good chance to win. I think Michael Porter Jr., he can give you 17, maybe 20, and I think um, it was one more person, Gordon. I think he gave you 15. If we can keep some of those guys down, I mean, Joker going to get Joker, and you have to understand that. Like, Joker's going to get Joker, and you let him do that. But you have to understand, too, I don't think he's that dominant guy where he just want to get 60 points or 50 points. I think he oh. wants to get everybody else in the game. So if you can contain those other guys, I think you can have a – we can have a chance to win. I 100% agree. You're right. Jokic doesn't want to do it on his own. We saw what happened last year when Murray and uh, MPJ weren't playing. It was all right. Jokic, and Jokic couldn't do it all on his own. So he does not want right. to do it all on his own. Right. Absolutely. So, and, you know, we talked about, you know, obviously this, you know, series is, you know, we'll, you know, talk about the Lakers, LeBron James. It's funny that now we're sitting here 20 years later, you know, 20 years ago, there was a sweepstakes for LeBron James. How many teams that was vying for LeBron James services? And then Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers get the number one pick in that draft and grab a grab LeBron James. So the similar buzz was like this last night um, during the NF- NBA draft lottery, uh, where the San Antonio Spurs uh, won the draft lottery. Um, so it was, it was a party in the streets in San Antonio, um, and obviously there's a presumption now that. Victor Wimbiyama will be the number one overall pick. I think that's just a foregone conclusion at this point. So, Jordan, your thoughts on the Spurs winning the lottery um, last night? 
Well, you look at it, they only had a 14% chance. Of course, they won it, like you said. Well, they've had the number one pick before. They, they <laughs> drafted, you know, exactly. The last time it was Tim Duncan, 1997. Well, how did that work out? It worked out great. Five NBA championships, three MVPs of the NBA Finals, and two MVPs of the regular season went to 15 All-Star games. Now you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, the Spurs have done well. Well, if uh, Victor can be that type of player, man, they might have another dynasty coming. Right. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts, Matt, on, on uh, Spurs winning the lottery? I mean, congratulations. Um, I think it's important for the league, for Pop and the Spurs to um, somehow, you know, be relevant. I mean, you know, actually people talking about them again. Um you know, I don't want to be negative about the guy. From what I heard today, they said that he's still maybe growing. He's 7'2". Um, you know, he's uh, – I think the league that he played in recently, they said he's a little more rough. I mean, it's a little more physical. And, you know, now the NBA is not as physical as it used to be. So he should be okay. I just – it was more a discussion of his health because of his height. And um, there, um, I was um, – one of the players, he was saying he played with Yao Ming, and he said Yao Ming had – he was heavy – below the waist so he was like he had feet issues so those type type of things but um he's from france so i seen tony parker was very exciting i think that's going to be a big deal um but yeah man you know congratulations to them um my question to you guys was do you think that's what the spurs want to do or do they want to necessarily give that up and maybe get some other things or do y'all see anybody else in the draft making some moves Oh no, San Antonio! No. This is this perfect for them because you think about it. Yeah, they, they they don't have to worry about flying no prospects out. It's mm. they're done. Their homework is done. I know. Last night they were like, "Phew, we don't got to worry about no draft camps." Well, I mean, they're right. probably still gonna bring in prospects, but as far as that number one overall pick, whoo, you know, we ain't got to worry about the, the what if. Oh yeah, you gonna? He's a, a, a generational talent. Like, like mm. you know, as far as he's the. It's funny because prior to 2003, we looked at LeBron James' stature as a video game creation. And then even the, the success of LeBron James, we wanted a guy that was seven foot four that can panel like a guard and, right. and, and can, you know, at, at, at 220. Right. That can, you know, so, he, oh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a created player. Like for sure, like in this modern era, for sure. Oh no, yeah, they. Oh yeah, this was perfect for them. They like shoot. Yeah, so you want some they, weird stuff? They probably did. They probably did. You remember? I don't know, Joe. You probably remember. You probably remember too, Mal. Remember when uh, Mike Dicka drafted Ricky Williams? Oh, yeah. and then pretty yeah. much, and pretty much, he said, "Look, I'm going golfing. I'm done. I'm done with the draft." That's that's what Paul is probably doing. <laughs> he what? He's he done yeah. all his uh, draft picks for Ricky Williams. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You just so, look at you know, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but like as far as his draft prep, this is perfect. He like, shoot, this is good. We know, hey, because I'm not sure if they got. I know they probably got a pick in the second round, but I mean, as far as you talk about like the the top prospects in this, they none of them going to San Antonio. Like if no. that happened, I even if I'm like Brandon Miller or uh, School Henderson, I wouldn't even waste my time. I agree. <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, so like you know. Mm-hmm. uh LeBron was born in 1984, and then uh, I was looking at that because you know this dude was. I was sitting because I was sitting here waiting. I was like, damn! So LeBron was born in 1984, and that's when they broke the record. 
And then I was like, that's when Jordan was drafted. And I was like, okay, so what weird about this? And then I looked at seeing that the young man was born in 04. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Now, now we're going. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I said, he may be. Because that's it's, to me, I felt that way. Because didn't Jordan retire the year before LeBron came to the league? Yeah, yes. he graduated. I mean, that graduated. Yeah, he retired in 03, yeah. Oh three and I and I and I felt like so you need to you understand what I'm saying, right? I was sitting here like, yeah. okay, well maybe this is gonna be that next one then. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, okay. Cause I've been waiting for that. I felt like the NBA's had a lot of guys that they kind of like wanted to put as the face and you know, Steph is on his way out. Clearly K D Harden, a lot of those guys are on their way, including LeBron. And I'm looking at uh these next superstars and I'm not as, as excited as I was before. You know what I mean? Because Zion, uh, Ja, uh, you know what I mean? So LaMelo. Problems. Yeah. So many problems with uh, Ja Morant yeah. right now. Yeah. Bad. But, yeah. But um, I, I think when it comes to the, um, the Spurs situation, he, he fell into the right place. Right. Um, obviously, the Spurs, great organization, great coaching. I think that, that was kind of one of my biggest fears going into this draft line, like where he was going to go. Because we know now as far as when it comes to fits and what have you, like it, it, it makes a difference. Like, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, you know, uh, you know, they wanted him to go to Detroit, but I'm like, do Detroit have a head? They don't have a coach. So it's think. almost like, so it's almost like, and I know that probably would have been more suited. You know, he, he would have thought like maybe like Amani Williams would have been in that fold. Maybe Nick Nurse, Boone Hoser might have been in that equation if, when Biyama was there, but he goes somewhere that's the, that's stable. And like you said, I think the weight situation, yeah, he's 227 foot four. Yeah, that is a, right. that is a glaring red flag. But um, and I think they'll work on that. I think, you know, because I mean we've yeah, I mean we I remember we used to talk about Kevin Durant, like, oh, he wasn't gonna make it in his league, you know, in, in his early states. But you know, you know, mm-hmm. now he's having some issues, but I mean he, he's in his mid-30s, so that's expected. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, I love it. I love that that he's going there and like into an organization like that. And I think, and the good thing about that situation is, and I think they got a lot of draft capital in twenty twenty four, so they can definitely parlay those into like established players. So I think that's another thing where Pop can really look at the situation like this is a win now situation for me. Like I got a guy here, you know, instead of kind of building up almost like an OKC, I can pretty much cut the line in the Western Conference. Right. By simply having, you know, when beyond because people gonna want to play with play for him. So it's so that's another draw for San Antonio as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. Congratulations, yeah. bro. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, man. And they, you know, first round, um, they got no more pick in nineteen eighty seven and got David right. Robinson and then you know, right. um ninety um ninety seven ended up getting Tim Duncan and 2023, Victor Wimby. Hey, I want to say to the Spurs, I mean, not to the Spurs, but to the Hornets, the Trailblazers, damn. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. <laughs> Almost. Yeah, Charlotte might be okay. I think Charlotte, <laughs> I, to me, I think Charlotte definitely needs to get Brandon Miller. Yeah. Mm. I look at it. Like, I know a lot of people saying, well, they should get Scoot Henderson. I, I get it. Like, Scoot Henderson is a, is a great guard in his, in his right. And you got Lons, you know, Melo Ball there. Mm. I get that. But he bring in Brandon Miller. Be smart. Mitch Kupchak, um, do this. 
just be smart about it. Just I know, and I know Miles Bridges potentially gonna be coming back. I mean, well, he will be coming back because obviously they put the suspension on him already. So mm-hmm. Miles, you know, Miles Bridges coming back, but get Brandon, yeah, get Brandon Miller. Just be smart. And yeah, you get the consolation prize, but Brandon Miller is still a still a you know a good prospect. You know, like you said, feel bad for like Portland, Houston, yeah. and Detroit, especially Detroit. Poor Detroit. Man, I mean, oh boy, you're really gonna have to start making some decisions. Um, Dane, you really gonna have to make some decisions, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have been scared if he would have went beyond would have went to Portland because I already because I you know I already think about the big man in Portland, Sam Bowie, yeah, Greg um, uh, Oden, Bill mm-hmm. Bill Wall. Bill Walton, even going back to the Bill Walton days. Yep. Oof. Yeah, I would have been. I would have been scared. I would have been. I'd have. I'd have pulled like Eli Manning. Like, look, I can't go to Portland. There's a curse. <laughs> there's a curse with Portland too. With those big right. yeah. you said. And then, and then, who represented them in the in, in the draft lottery? Brandon Roy. Oh hell no! Hell no! <laughs> hell, hell no! I didn't even I pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would, you know, That's the reason for Dame to leave. Exactly what I you're would, talking about is why Dame should leave. I would have stayed in France. I would have barricaded myself. Look, I'm never. I would have told Wendy, like, I'm not coming to the United States under any circumstance. If I got drafted <laughs> by Portland, no can do. I like take, bring it, take it back to Malika because I ain't coming. I ain't coming back. I ain't coming to America <laughs> no more. <laughs> Forget that. So we'll stay in the heart and uh with the NBA. Uh, very interesting um last I mm. want to say five days um that has transpired in the association. So at this more so I guess we'll start from the shock factor, the the first shock, and then the one that wasn't kind of wasn't much of a shock. So and Jordan, you know, you think about like Monty Williams, the Phoenix Suns. I know you covered. The Phoenix Suns once upon a time, once upon a time ago, um, and during the success of the Phoenix Suns, I think this, yep. you know I definitely want to kind of um, get your thoughts momentarily as I kind of get this thing going. So, Monty Williams, obviously, um, you know they did lose to um, to Jordan's Denver Nuggets, um, and then obviously within what twenty four hours, uh, Monty Williams is well probably about forty eight hours. Monty Williams was let go, obviously. In that um, in that frame, he did have a um, 194 wins, and coincidentally, last year he was the the NBA Coach of the Year. Um, so, um, your thoughts? I'm gonna go with you first, um, Jordan. What are your thoughts on Monty Williams being fired? I personally don't understand it. I mean, you're you're looking at a guy like you hit it on the head. 194 wins. He had 115 losses. A winning percentage percentage of points six to eight. Plus, he went to the playoffs three out of the four years. Two years ago, he was in the NBA Finals against the Bucks. Yeah, they had a two nothing lead. They messed that up and lost the next four. The th- person I would personally fire, and it's not Monte Williams's fault, is the general manager. What did they do? Well, they got Kevin Durant. The trade they did basically depleted their bench. I'll go through it again. Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson. When Pablo Leal, as well as five future first-round draft picks mm. for and two second-round selections for Kevin Durant. Eagle. Kevin, right. Dar- 
Kevin Durant, sorry, I'm thinking Kevin Garnett, which played a long time ago. The thing that I don't understand is why did you market, you know, you mortgage the future for Kevin Durant? You were thinking you're going to have him with Devin Booker, um, uh, Chris Paul, and have a big three. It didn't work out. So I would not fault Monte Williams. I understand why he was fired because he didn't get them past the second round, but still. You have to look back at that trade as the turning point of the season because you mortgage your future. I, I don't understand why the GM wasn't fired as, as well. Yeah. And uh, what are your thoughts, Maui? Oh, man, that's perfect, Jordan. I didn't even think about firing the GM. But um, my thing is the Suns, I remember uh, a couple years ago I was saying that the league, because you could see clearly that um, the Smash Brothers was on their way out. And I was saying that, um, that Ice Trey – and Devin Booker, it's time for them to step up because the league is ready for those stars. Like um, Kobe's daughter, Ice Trey was her favorite player. You know what I mean? And everybody was looking at Devin Booker as the second coming of Kobe. So I say that. So they get Monty Williams. He was in a bubble. They was like the number one team in the bubble. You know, you can see the difference. And ever since the bubble, they have been probably one of the scariest teams in the league. And it wasn't Booker. It wasn't Chris Paul. Damn sure wasn't Aiden. It was who they traded away. It was Bridges and Cam. They terrified me. You, they they wide open in the corner. They're going to knock the three down. And they gave that up. And Booker said it. I feel like they traded our core. So they were 19. They were the laughing stock before Monty Williams got there. They mm-hmm. And you trade him. So I'm thinking, I understand there's a new owner and he wants, he wants, he didn't hire him. He wants his own coach. I get that. And he's a basketball guy. I almost feel like Monty Williams. And then he signed an extension last year. Correct. Yes. A part of me feel like maybe Monty Williams wanted to be out himself. I I don't know why. I just, I I, I mean, actually I do. I think it was a lot of changes. I don't think he was happy with the trade. He wanted KD, but at the same time, at, at what price? You know what I mean? And then, you know, the Suns have about, They've really had a lot of injuries with one player, mm-hmm. and that was Chris Paul. You know what I mean? And he has injuries at times where it's the most important, and you shouldn't have injuries, and it's in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So the one Monty, the problem is it was not Monty Williams is not the problem. That's what I'm saying. He's not the problem. You oh, know I what I mean? Compl- and, I completely agree with you. <laughs> and you let him go. Um, so that's all I could say. I felt like now that with all these different – coaches being fired there's a lot of opportunities you know so it is what it is but you know hopefully everything will be okay yeah i thought it was very interesting and like you said i i i understand why they did it because that, like you said that's met each but that's this is his baby now i and I, like mm-hmm. i was i mentioned earlier i think i did like a reaction to it early you know last last week about it I was like, now if Robert Sarver was still the owner, I would tell, I would have been totally like on the floor, like shocked. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and he just wanted his own. You know, that's his statement. Like you said, you essentially getting rid of your young core. Like this is going to be guys that we're going to develop. And like we say, now you're seeing what they're going to do in Brooklyn. Um, you know, and to get a aging superstar in Kevin Durant who will be 35 in September. You know, so it's kind of and then. I'm really just curious. I think more so it's like I'm curious as far as what they can do with DeAndre Aiden because I think that was really the, the you know between Monty and DeAndre Aiden. 
that mm-hmm. was kind of one the like the biggest strife of the team. And we always kind of know like in these cases, it's cheaper to get to to fire the coach instead of getting rid of a guy like a DeAndre Aiden. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious what who this next head coach is going to be. And like you said, like to your point, Jordan, where you know what was the ramification for James Jones, like you know, because that was to, like we said, that was a very interesting move of getting rid of that of, of you know getting rid of you know Mikhail and um and uh and Cam. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting how how that dynamic uh, shifted. But I'm really curious as who's going to be this new, new head coach and if they're going to keep Aiden because I think if you if you kept Aiden. You know, we can we can kind of put two and two together. Like, okay, there's okay. We know why money's out. You know, so, but I think more likely, Aiden still in a bizarre way, he still might be with his team, even despite all the, you know, the situation that happened with him and, and Book. Uh, what was it? Me the game five, I think, and when he was on the bench and when I was game five, yeah, game yeah, it's right because he didn't play in game mm-hmm. six. Right, that's right. <laughs> I wonder why. So do you think that – so I had seen something or heard something about the players was kind of like voicing that they wanted Monty Williams to lead. I mean, it, it could have been. I didn't hear that other than I've heard that he's a good players coach. But then again, they were having success. And once you don't have success, right. you hear rumors of that. So, I mean, that is possible that they want a coach to, you know, be a player's coach. I mean, I've heard Monte is a player's coach, but if mm-hmm. players are saying that they want him out, then it's quite possible that's why they pulled the trigger. So how many yeah. years was he there? He was there four. He was there four. So you remember that um, the Lakers, what they wanted to give him a three-year deal or something like that, and he went, and they wanted five. I think him and Jason Kidd, they said they wanted – they were just going to have him for two, I think. Hmm. But, yeah, and – yeah, my old Monty Williams. But yeah, it's it's interesting though. But I just want to really want to see what this this Suns team going. And, it, and you know what's so crazy? It's been that bad. Like he's got like one of the most highest winning percentage as as a Phoenix head coach. I'm like, wow. Like you don't. It's crazy because you never really think about that type of stuff. But then you just look at kind of the history of the Suns. You think to yourself, like, damn, that's that's actually. It just shows you kind of like the futility they've had. In their organization, I mean, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, he got one of the highest. Was it like third? Mm-hmm. I think he has a third, third highest winning percentage, and as far as head coaches in Phoenix Suns history, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I think it was third. I think. Well, what but, do y'all think is going necessarily going on? Because it seems like it's a bunch of coaches. I don't think he should be fired. Is getting fired? Like I don't think Nick Nurse should been fired. I didn't think Bud should be fired. I didn't think. I don't think Doc should be fired. We'll talk about Doc momentarily, but (laughs) I think a lot of it is what have you done for me lately? Lately. Yeah. That's just, that's the problem. Yeah. It is weird because it is crazy because it never used to be like that because it always used to be like the bad coaches get fired like like immediately. But now you're looking at just like situations like what Boo knows them. That first round exit, but I think they was gonna get. They were trying to get rid of him anyway. I think right. this was just mm-hmm. the perfect time because honestly, if they didn't win the championship in two thousand twenty one, quiet as kept, who yeah. knows it was out the door. So oh, right. I agree. That's another one, and it's almost like so. I kind of see that 
Nick Nurse is interesting. Like and like you said, that's a, what have you done for me lately? Where this almost grind me how I, the situation with Phoenix, Toronto. Granted, they were a playoff team. They were you know with Dwayne Casey and all that, but you know LeBron James kept on like breaking their hearts year in year out, and they just could never get over the hump. Right now, you get a guy to bring you through the hump. He has some some up and down season. Hell, this this man coached the team when they went Tampa Bay, like struggling, and and he got he he got over that. So, and then I guess the situation then I guess when you do losing to the Bulls, like because of a because <laughs> of Demar Derozan daughter screaming and her in the midst of free throws, I guess that is it might be a reason why he could get fired. But it wasn't, and the thing about that, and it wasn't a drastic fire because I think they waited like weeks before they announced that he was gonna get fired. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting how you know how that happened. At least with with Boonhoza, it was kind of immediate. With right. Monty was immediate, and then as we talk about in the second, Doc is immediate as well. I, but I was shocked, and that's funny because I knew. Once we got on air on Wednesday, that we were gonna talk about Doc Rivers, like it, like Doc Rivers being fired, it was almost like it was inevitable. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll talk. You know, we'll I guess we'll talk about Doc now. So you know, <laughs> come on. that's a good segue. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about Doc. So obviously, um, I you know it's crazy to think we were sitting here because we were talking about. It's funny. It's funny how the times have changed. So last week we were talking about how the Boston Celtics, their season was on the brink. They uh, were down 3-1 in the series. And we kind of talked about it. I think we kind of was, you know, just talking about just Boston going through the motions and what have you. But obviously uh, they they lost that 3-1 lead, and obviously the Celtics won, and they blew him out in game seven. So he was fired as a 76ers head coach. So get this. So when Doc has a – Three game it, it, when he wins three three games in a series, he's sixteen and thirty three. Oof, and he's six <laughs> and ten in games and in, in game sevens. Ouch. So, yikes! Uh, what's what your, what your thoughts on it, Jordan? I'm going to go first. I honestly thought Doc shouldn't have been fired. The reason's simple. You got to the playoffs. Yes, you were blown out in game seven. But the truth is with all these NBA franchises, what is the goal? Yes, the goal is to win an NBA championship. Well, how do you get that goal? You have to be in the playoffs. I saw this with the Denver Nuggets when they fired George Carl many years ago. I never thought they should have fired George Carl. And it took us two head coaches to finally get into the playoffs. This, to me, reminds me of... Like a Mike Malone. The reason why I say that is Mike Malone was terrible his first few years. Had he not gone to the playoffs in his fourth, he might have been gone. But the fact of the matter is the Nuggets kept him. I don't understand why Doc Rivers got fired. I understand that you haven't had the success in the playoffs, but at least you got there. There are many teams that would want to be there. So it just doesn't make sense to me that you would fire a coach. Who got you there? Now you want to rebuild with a new head coach. Especially, you, you do have Joe Allen Bede, and you have, I'm assuming James Harden's going to stay, or is he going to opt out? I don't know. But you still have Joe Allen Bede, but still, why would you fire a coach that got you to the playoffs? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mel, your thoughts? Because they only, the same, when, 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 when Doc left the Clippers, Mike D'Antoni 
and um, the president of the GM and the 76ers, whoever, had left Houston. Then Harden had had signed the extension before the guy. Bottom line, you already know what I'm saying. Like, I always felt they took Doc. I think somebody else thought they were going to get the job. I forgot who. But, um, no, Mike D'Antoni. Y'all remember back in the day? Mike D'Antoni thought he was getting that job, but they gave it to Doc. Mm-hmm. I remember that now, Mike, because it was it was reported that Mike D'Antoni was the candidate for that job, but Doc got it because nobody knew that Doc was leaving the Clippers. Something like that was a shocker that Doc had left, but he was saying he was going to retire and blah blah blah. So I never really looked at Doc was going to be there that long. I, I'm not. I'm saying I'm shocked that he got fired because I don't think it was his fault that he got fired. But you know, I think Doc is a. He's a decent coach. I think they make it seem like he's a better coach than what he really is. And his numbers are starting to show that he's not as good as he really is. And I'm, I'm not saying he's not a likable guy. Probably great to play, listen to, but he's, I think, um, so I'm not as shocked. Um, but definitely, I, I, w- I hadn't watched the 76 as much this year. You know what I mean? Um, but when I did, I said, oh, my God, they look like Houston. I said, you got P.J. Tucker there. You got a house there. You know what I mean? Who else is there? Somebody at Harden's there. Somebody else is there. I can't remember. I was like, they're basically Houston. And then you start hearing whispers about Harden might want to go back to Houston. Then they said, you know, he might have had something to do with Doc maybe stepping out. He was, You know what I mean? I don't know, man. You know. Yeah. I kind of, it's one of the things where it's like, I think it's because I guess we live now, like, and almost to your point, Jordan, I think earlier, as far as like the changing of the coaching landscape, where it's a what have you done for me lately type of business. I think if we had this conversation maybe months ago, maybe years ago, yeah, this would have been a shock. But now you think about guys who have literally in the last four years have been in the, in, in the NBA finals. And, you know, are gone except for Steve Kerr. I think he's the only coach mm. out of the last four, yep. you know, out the last four. So you just, I mean, th- that game seven and then him having that 3 1 lead, it was like it's ominous. And it's, it's almost like we knew this was going to happen. That's a scary thing because even dating back to the bubble situation when um, Denver was down 3 1, they came back. It's just, I mean, that Orlando team back, I think I feel like either 03 or 04. It's just like that. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. It, it, like you said, and because, like, yeah, with the Clippers situation, yeah, because it was it, it was almost like it was like to me, remind me of uh, he got fired on a Monday and got a job by Friday. Like, situation. Right. Because he really got that job because, you know, that was a shock. Because that's another thing where, and like you said, in Philly, and I guess when they look at just from that standpoint of because they look at now we need to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. We never we haven't been in the Eastern Conference Finals since 2001. Something's got to give. And and that's where I think we now that how the coaching carousel is now, you got some legitimate um, candidates that yeah, it might be worth you firing Doc because you, you have a situation where you right. can get Coach, Coach Bud, you can get Guys, you can get a lot of you know, you can get some perennial head coaches like this. You got you almost got like a pick in a litter when it comes to coaching candidates, you know. So I, so I think maybe that's an easier process 
to kind of get rid of somebody because, hey, the grass might actually be greener on the other side. Hell, I got three candidates. The green, the grass might be green. Er, but yeah, I, and of course, you know, with you know, and it kind of going coincide with our next topic. But I really want to see what this brass does because you know, I think this could be a potential reality for for my squad come January January eighth, so of two thousand twenty four. So I'm really I'm really looking at this situation like how they're going to handle this coaching search. Who's going to be their head coach? Did, did you know? Did John Josh Harris and the folks do a great job with this hire? So, because you know, definitely, look, definitely looking at this from a, you know, you know, as a situation that might come down the line for for us in the next. Uh, let's see if I'm doing my math right. The next maybe in the next seven and a half, eight months from from now. So, curious. I said I'm I'm just as. Curious to trying to read the tea leaves as much as I can because kind of see what can, what's going to potentially happen um, with another franchise. So you know, <laughs> that being said, so <laughs> yeah, I I mean yeah, hey, I I I, 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 I shout out to Josh Harris and those and those folks. So <laughs> right, right, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, you know what so. I mean. <laughs> So I guess let's, let's 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 address the elephant in the room, guys. So that is, yeah. I, hey, it, it it all it all makes sense. I like you had to kind of. I, I was saying, I say he is so biased, man. Why would he put that on? <laughs> We've been talking well, about yeah, it for because... three weeks. <laughs> <I'm scared>. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, and and that's something. It's a topic that I kind of was like kind of shying away from because it's kind of like all right. Is is this gonna be over? Is it you know this day and the third? But Josh Harris and the Snyder family have essentially came to agreement to this, this um for Josh Harris to buy the commanders from the uh from the Snyders. It is still subject to an NFL approval, which is a formality. I think 24 out of 32 votes they're they're in. So I think it's gonna be you know, it's gonna be legitimate. Obviously, as we talked about it earlier. Josh Harris is the is the majority owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. Um, so obviously the Harris group is also is, is comprised of, of such other people, but notably uh, Magic Johnson as well. Um, he has a um, minority stake um, in this group, um, this Harris Harris group. So um, and Jordan, you should definitely. Um, like almost like deja vu. Um, we, you know, once again, you were in this position last, um, um, last um, year when when the Waltons mm-hmm. uh, came in right. and, uh, and 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 uh, got you. So, um, your thoughts on this uh, on this uh, new ownership group with the Washington Commanders? I'm just glad Dan Snyder finally sold the team because he said it was going to, and now that it's done. The thing right. is, though, if I look at Dan Snyder. As a owner, five, I mean, I don't have to tell you, five playoff <laughs> appearances and they didn't advance further than the divisional round. And then you've gone through eight head coaches and now you're on Ron Rivera. The thing is, is that you haven't had much stability. And now hopefully this group that's coming in can actually have more stability. And hopefully Ron Rivera is in for a, a long while. As for you, it's just a, um, you know, it's a fresh start. You guys haven't been to the Super Bowl since Super Bowl 26. I'm sorry to bring up that. But the thing is, though, I hope this guy, the um, Josh, excuse me, uh, J- 
Josh Harris, he is part of a winning organization. He's done it with the Devils, obviously with the 76ers. Hopefully he'll do it with the Commanders because you guys want to win a Super Bowl. That, that, at the end of the day, that's what you want. Yeah, for sure. Mal, your thoughts? Um, I was really wondering why you had it on here today. And I was like, well, I'm happy you did, though. Because what I did was some of the people I listened to, I didn't know that your franchise was one of the one of the top franchises in the 70s and the 80s. They was like it was it stayed on primetime TV and it was part of one of the best um, rivals ever. And then, you know, and it was it's almost when you say when people say things like that, it's like, you know, looking at McDonald's. McDonald's is a very American. You know what I mean? So when you see rivals like that, it sucks because it's in everybody to watch those games. Like when you was a kid with your grandparents, it means something. And for a guy to have a team and it lost all that luxury. Like when I see a lot of you guys as fans, it's great when you guys are up, you know what I mean? And it sucks to see that it's down. And then you see all the dirty play. And it was like a lot of ego and narcissistic in in the situation where you're playing. Like if you don't want to do well for the fans and as a business, then you need to give it up. And it's the good thing that it happened. Um, and hopefully he can get back that luxury that you guys had in the seventies and eighties. Get get back that that fan because I, I I'm being honest with you. The fans seemed like they were really down. They had to change the name. You had to accept the name. And then you know it was just so many things, so many things. And there's kids and, and younger generation don't even understand how important, how great the Washington football, the Washington's football history really is you know what I mean one of them is me and I just found out like and I was like wow you know and so I'm hoping that they can fix that I I really do like you know it was one time it was a what 25 year waiting list to get tickets Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. you know what I mean and I mean that's so I just wanted to go that way with it like I wish more it would happen more where an owner it don't seem like he's giving all his all to better the franchise that something can happen, but maybe you should sell it or get somebody in there to make it right. You know what I mean? Not just the GM because that it sucks when you have a rich history like that and you constantly keep people spending money. People live for those Sundays. They live for those seasons. You know what I mean? And you keep losing, you keep losing and you're going through coaches and then, okay, I'm going to bring this coach back. You know what I mean? And he's not the same coach as he used to be, but he still has some type of success. Like you guys are, one of the top franchises in the world. So and I hope it gets back to that luxury. I hope they find a – are they going to have a new name? Uh, they, Josh, well, he's, he hasn't committed to it. I think he's more so trying to keep the organization straight before he – Right. Melted. You know, so I'm just saying congratulations. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, I live in Virginia, and when the commanders are doing well, the economy's better. Um, I mean, people speak to you, you know. They have more deals with the beer, you know what I mean, and Slurpees, and you know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, the energies is way better, you know. But so, congratulations, man! I'm happy it's finally over with. Yeah, and like you said, the waiting list is is to a point where you literally, in order for you to get season tickets, it's had to be passed down to you. It's almost like right, people, like somebody had to like literally pass away in your family, and they gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we yeah that was used to be how how it was, but yeah this was this was a proud franchise I think, and that's one thing I, it's funny that we you know I talked about on on, on my other part you know the commands in chat where you know at the time you know my co-host he's thirty he's like he's never witnessed 
that you know they were good the year that he was born this the year they won the Super Bowl and then it's been down ever since shout out to our guy to our guy Cruz on that one so the thing about the uh with it um yeah I, I think obviously with the ownership this you know great opportunity um for this franchise um to be to be re- rejuvenized and, and mm-hmm. you know and there's a lot of stuff that's you know can happen I think I think one of the biggest things is like you know us potentially going back to DC. I think that's the, I think that's one of the hope that's going to be one of the key things for us to you know get out of FedEx. So um, just a lot of stuff, and then I even hearing from other people about Josh Harris. Well, I think he's about the business of it. And I think mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing with Snyder was he was such a fan, where it's almost like that his hindrance. Of it, so I, I, that's why I never really. I, Daniel Snyder is it's like a love hate relationship. It's like I understand where he's kind of come from. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, why not? I would have brought Joe Gibbs back as well. I think if it was, right. mm-hmm. you know, so from a fan perspective, I get certain things. I know his love affair with, um, you know, with RG three, and then his love mm-hmm. affair with Dwayne Haskins. God rest, God rest him, God rest his soul. But those type of situations where. In his position, he's not supposed to be doing something stuff like that. He needs. That's why it's important to have those general managers, and that's why you think about the clashing heads, and you, and you think about how, you know, and Jordan and, and we and you know, quite as kept. I always think our best coach that we've had in the Dan Snyder era is probably either took across another one, uh, Marty Schottenhammer, God rest his soul, and then Mike Shanahan. I mean, mm-hmm. and you just look at, and that's another one where you ran. Mike Shanahan out of this door because your excessive behavior, your accessionable appetite for RG3, mm-hmm. knowing that Shanahan didn't want him whatsoever. But and that's why, like I always look at Cal and 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 and, and Mike in high regard because they create they pattern a playbook to accentuate his strengths. That's mm-hmm. like, like, like people, you know, people I always talk about how Cal is an offensive genius. That's where that's derived from. Because they really wanted Ryan Tannehill, you know that was mm-hmm. their guy. Because you know if they would have stayed at six, they would have got they would have probably more likely would have drafted Ryan Tannehill. But they mm-hmm. actually moved up um, to get RG three. So that those are things that really upset me with Dan Snyder because almost like you can't you got you have to allow the people that you hire you have to empower them to make the right decisions. But you, the constant meddling, and then just everything right. that's been going on with this franchise, between the sewer water falling down on people at the stadium, damn, Jen, um, Jen Hurts <laughs> almost losing his life when the rail collapsed and all the people fell almost fell on him. It's it's just a, it's just been some embarrassing times uh, for this franchise. So. I think the exorcism is uh, like we it's it they need a clean slate and I'm just glad now that this is happening um and just f- the track record I've heard of Josh Harris has been pretty good he just he's all about the business so I'm not gonna see hear him say oh well we need to draft this person because my son loves him or I seen him <laughs> one Saturday night and he just he wooed me because that's yeah. I mean that's what Daniel Snyder used to say and it's just like oh okay. So it, but he will allow the powers that be to make those decisions, and he's going to empower them to do it. So 
And that's what, and that's what you really want at this point, and when you run 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 a franchise. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I'm really curious how this is going to happen because now, and I and I feel so bad for Coach Rivera, like because it just reminded me of the situation, you know, when he was in Carolina, you know, when Jared Richardson was, you know, another one, God rest mm-hmm. his soul, and uh, Tepper came in. So you like, mm-hmm. damn, like he's he's going to be in that same position where you know. No, that's that Harris guy. So you know, we'll we, we'll see. You know, we still got what about seven months to kind of iron that out. But yeah, but yeah, it's um um what is it um happy days are here again in in, 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 the, uh, in the DMV. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait. Congrats. Like you said you know, congrats. I I want I want us to come to come down Pennsylvania Avenue and. You know, and, and and turn the city, you know, burgundy and gold again at a, at a Super Bowl parade. One of these I days. just want y'all smiling and and happy again. I mean, man, y'all it's been looking. I mean, you always smiling, but man, the rest of them, that head down. <laughs> no, right. Hey, George, don't let yeah. them fool you too. When they had RG three and they're about to win the division, you talk about arrogance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, that's another one where you just look at. How that played out, you know, right? And it's something that you know, but you know, and you know, and like you said, we because and that's the crazy thing about all this. We've had ta- we've had talent like as far as it's not been like embarrassing or riches like oh we've had bad players, bad coaches. We've literally have 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 like like five current head coaches that's been on the staff. And great head coaches. I mean, you look at like Mike McDaniel's, uh, Cal Shanahan, uh, Sean McVay. Uh, who else? Uh, uh, Kev, um, Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you. you I mean, I, I can literally name so many guys that have been through here and have, and have and have had success. So it's just one of those things where it's just like. Just imagine if this owner can retain at least one of these guys, and we, you know, and we we would be set. Mm. It's just so who's yeah. all in the group? Who's all in the group? Um, it's a few guys, but I think more notable is Magic Johnson. I think Magic okay. Johnson got like a four percent um, ownership of uh, what he's seen, which is great when you when the franchise is worth six billion dollars. Right, four percent is a lot. Right. Yeah. Yo, like, but yeah, and that's another one where you bring in Magic, where he's been successful as well, and then you know he'll bring his razzle dazzle. <laughs> you know, so, right, man. I'm just but really I, happy, man. It, it really, I mean, all jokes aside, it really was getting ugly there, and you know, people don't understand, man. When franchises is just when energy is good, sometimes it helps the city. You know, we talking about Washington D.C. It's overly priced. It's a lot of stuff going on. So that's great, man. You know, the fans need something. They do. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, definitely uh, happy times are, are, are here again. So, you know, and, you know, and all, all those, uh, you yeah, I, I just hope we can go to our, go back to RFK and just rebuild there and, and just, you know, and just, just, just be the way it used to be. Make Washington great again. 
He doesn't like, mean it, Jared. He, he, what you he, mean? He said he's. He, 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 he's gonna, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> hey, he's gotta have oh, wow. something going for you. Right. Had to because, and that's the thing when the, the team is that bad. Like that's the thing people don't understand. Like the team is not bad. That's the problem. Like, yeah. so it's like it's it's still a decent squad. It's a decent and division. That's true too. Yeah. One of the hardest now. Yeah, one of the hardest, but hey, you know, hey, it's definitely gonna be interesting. So as we, you know, we talked about the NFL, so we definitely gotta talk about um I don't know, Jordan, I, I don't know how you would kind of equate the schedule release, because to me, it's kind of a low-key holiday. Cause like to Amen. me, it's like okay, one of those where it's like, okay, I can plan the rest of my year. Like I, yeah. I do the exact same thing. I see yeah, how many <laughs> primetime games we have? Do we obviously? I'm in the um, mountain time time zone, so I look at all the games where I can, you know, do something in the afternoon after it. I think Broncos have like four primetime games, and we were awful on primetime last year. So, yeah. yeah, and I love it because it's just like the, just like it's kind of like you get the season going. It's like. Okay, and even in my mind now, how okay, how are we gonna be the first week of October? How we're we gonna be at this time period? And I'm just I'm pumped. Like, like you said, I think we only got one. Well, we got really two prime time games. Mm. We're back on Amazon again, so you know, I think October the fifth. Y'all better watch out. That might be the best best matchup on Thursday Night Football like it was last year. So, hey, we it, might... couldn't, it couldn't be any worse than the Broncos versus who are they playing? Um, oh, the, the Colts. Because we played – you know what's so crazy? Because we played, we played a week after y'all played. I, I'm not sure which game was worse there. I know it was so funny because everybody was like, "Oh well, damn!" And we get the Commanders and the and the and the, the, the uh, Bears, but actually that was like one of my favorite games of the year. Call me crazy, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Like, but I, I think I think the thing that got me was, and, so and, it's, and it's so sad because that was a Carson Wentz. He had to block on work on at that time. Roquan Smith was still playing with the Bears, and he had a, a good clean block off of him. But they ended up messing his hand up. But I like, man, I was like, oh, I remember that. I think we talked about that. Yeah, that was wild. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out to shout out to Amazon. But so <laughs> let's let's talk about um, obviously, and we're not gonna break down a whole two hundred, you know, all all the games of this uh, this season. But um, I'm curious as your thoughts is we had obviously it's gonna be the opening game is gonna be the Detroit Lions, the knee biters of the of the D. And they come into Kansas City to face this, the defending Super Bowl champs. Uh, what are y'all thoughts about this opening game matchup? I'm first, I'm going to you first, Mal. What's your thoughts on it? You want me first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lunch meat. That's all I thought. I was like, oh wow. I said, I was like, out of everybody, they picked the Lions versus the Chiefs. I'm not even used to that. Don't <laughs> they usually the first game usually be like the. The soup with the Super Bowl or, or something like our well, division yeah. game, and I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> but I just feel like it's lunch meat. Yeah, she got. I pretty much have the same thoughts. I mean, <laughs> I, I looked at the schedule, going, "The Lions? Why would the Lions play Kansas City? You could have had the Dolphins. 
Terry right. Kill coming Eagles. back to uh, Kansas City, or yeah, the Eagles, or even Cincinnati versus you know going to Kansas City because that was the AFC Championship. Right. I, I just didn't understand why the Lions. I was a little confused on that. So call me crazy. I yep. actually, I actually love this matchup because <laughs> I think you just look at the momentum of Detroit. Because you think about it, you know, obviously the momentum for Detroit uh, at the end, you know, obviously because they, you know, they win the Green Bay on a Sunday night football game. It's funny to think they closed out the regular season on Sunday night football last year with that that win over Green Bay. You know, this team, you know, was pretty much on the precipice of making the playoffs. And now you're going in now because it's really kind of one of those things where we're going to see kind of because Detroit is going to be overhyped. So, you know, so. Don't be surprised when people got them win the, the NFC North uh, in, in predictions. So this could be some of a somewhat of a barometer game, and kind of put Detroit somewhat on on a, on a map if they take care of business in Kansas City. So and I doubt it's going to happen, but it's really really interesting because now you kind of want to see that momentum from last year is can it spring forward? So low key, I, I mean I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. You know. I hear you. But you know it's gonna be definitely interesting, um, inter- interesting, um, opening game. But you know, <laughs> I would have. I mean, I would have liked to see them versus the Jets or something like that with Aaron Rodgers, because that's the whole thing that I kind of like paid attention to. But we'll talk about that. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so speaking of that, so obviously, uh, you know, and and it's funny because I know when Amazon first started. They were going to have a Black Friday game, you know, and that was slated for 2023. So we got two attack of a lower in the Miami Dolphins squaring off with Aaron Rodgers and the New Damn. York Jets in the AFC East battle. Uh, it's going to be one o'clock your time, Jordan, on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. on Black Friday. Mm-hmm. I want to give your thoughts thoughts on that on that. Black Friday matchup. What you got, Joy? I, I will say it's very interesting that they're going to have a Black Friday game. But honestly, I look at Black Friday as basically a mini holiday. I mean, I sit and watch yeah. college football. Now you get a chance to watch, you know, the Jets versus the Dolphins. I think on paper, we think it's going to be a good matchup because you got Aaron Rodgers coming mm-hmm. into New York to be their new quarterback. And then you have Tua Tagovailoa, assuming he's healthy, no concussions. And the Miami Dolphins, these are two teams that are going to vie for that uh, division. The thing is, is who else were you going to have? I think it's actually a pretty good matchup. And, you know, to sit and watch football, nothing better on Black Friday. The question right. is, though, how healthy will Tua Tagovailoa be if he keeps running? Because he needs to learn to slide. Yeah, because this could be a Mike White versus uh, Aaron Rodgers matchup, potentially. Right. It might look. It might be that way. So, your thoughts on your thoughts on this Black Friday? This, I thought this it was historic great. Black Friday game. Right. I thought it was great. I thought it was a division game. Um, you know that division usually, you know, is always a game or two apart from everybody. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think it was smart, especially having Aaron there. He's going to get a. It's the Jets. It's New York. It's going to be a lot of TV. Miami. With the you know, I didn't. Um, so I, I think it's I just think they I love when um, organizations and people think outside the box. And I was thinking from, you know, like, man, that's great. You know, um, that part of the day, 
usually people like you say college football or something else and they just gonna be chilling and it's something extra on tv you can look forward to because you know you're not working you know what i mean i i i I, I, I'm just very happy that they did that. I'm very proud that they did that. They're really thinking outside the box finally. But even a great game, division game, Miami, the Dolphins versus, versus the Jets. You know, we don't know how good the Jets going to be. I think the Dolphins should be hopefully better than we were last year. But I can't complain. Yeah, I love it. And like you said, it's, it's, it's such an unprecedented event. And I hope right. it's going to be something that's annual. I'm looking forward to just the call. I'm just looking forward to all the pageantry that comes with it, the pregame show, you know, Mike Smith, Taylor Rooks, all, and those folks. And then, you know, uh, Big Big Al and, and, and Herbie. Um, you know, so shout out to them. That's going to be definitely fun. And, mm-hmm. you know, Al Michaels, throw us, throw us like a, some deals during this. Put, say something about it. You know, you, they're giving out thirty dollars air fryers on Amazon. <laughs> do some, you know, what are we gonna do? Like, give us some deals. Mm-hmm. Give us some deals on Black Friday to, to knock our socks off in this matchup. But yeah, I definitely, it's gonna definitely be unique in its nature. So I think it's gonna be fun. Like you said, then you know, like you said, you, to your point, Jordan, where. Yeah, because normally that's used like the college football day right. as well too. So, and I think there's some good matchups on Black Friday as well in, in the college ranks. So, there's always it's it's, it's kind of one of those days where you look at it in the, on the calendar. Oh yeah, there could be much, but it end up being actually really good games. Right. Because I think that mm-hmm. was I remember it was one year I think Pitt I forgot Pitt played some bad I think it was in Miami one year, and that was a real good game. Um. And even because um, it was because um, Carolina played North Carolina, Carolina played Notre Dame two years ago. I forgot when I forgot maybe a year or two ago, and they played on Black Friday, and that will end up being a pretty good game. But um, yeah, I definitely definitely looking forward to that as well. So, and and, and as we talked about it, Jordan, um, y- you know your Denver Broncos will play host to um, to the team traveling. Traveling west in the uh, in the Washington Commanders on September the seventeenth. Definitely looking forward to that week two matchup. So, fellas, um, I'm actually I think did I say your top three? So what? Yep. So obviously the top three game that you're looking forward to as far as for your on your team perspective that you're looking forward to watch. I'm gonna go with you first, Jordan. What uh, what are you looking forward to seeing to your Denver Broncos this season? Well, if you look at the matchups, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, that'll be – we play them twice within three weeks this year. So that'll be nice to see a barometer of where we are against them because, obviously, they're the kings of the AFC West. Other than that, I mean, you look at – we play the Jets. What is that going to mean for Aaron Rodgers? Are we going to, you no. know, play well against them or what else is going to happen against them? And then I have to also look at, you know, another team in our division who was a playoff team is the Chargers. We play them twice. The question is, is has Russell Wilson, you know, improved enough for us to be in the thick of the AFC West? I think those are the two teams that I'm worried about besides playing, you know, the Jets. Because if we cannot beat Kansas City or San Diego, it shows you where we are. Yeah, for sure. I know, right? And Maui, your thoughts on... Your Phil, um, Lloyd, uh, yeah. your Pittsburgh Steelers. What you got? Now I did my different. I got my the favorite games. I'm sorry, I do have one with my team, 
But I haven't really gave a lot of energy to my team this year. But I week one, the 49ers versus Steelers. Um, I want to see that game. Uh, week two, I got um, you know, it's important to me anyway. Baltimore versus the Bengals because I really feel like I'm hoping they beat each other up. But I feel like um, when Lamar is is healthy, um, he's the king of our division. You know what I mean? And you know, the, when he's hurt, seems like Burrow's always end up um, stealing it away. Um, week four, the Chiefs versus the Jets. I'm I'm just want to know how Aaron Rodgers. I feel like if he they beat the Chiefs, then maybe, you know, what I'm saying they are better, and maybe they are one of those teams that we need to be paying attention to. And then week twelve, Bills versus the Eagles. You know, I I have to put I, I look I'm I'm curious with the with the Bills because I feel like I've been arguing for a few years now that they're not as good as um, everybody make them out to be, and I wonder if they're after last year are they on their Way down. Yeah. So that's what I got. I picked. I did four. I'm sorry. But yeah, they they gonna be all right. Shots out, guy Ken Doris. I think he'll get the offense back, back to its Brian Deeball mm-hmm. strength. Um, yeah, I, I got. Um. So obviously, I think number one is gonna it's gotta be uh, commanders and the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Got to. Right. You know, that's to me, that's tops. Like Thanksgiving, us on prime time on Thanksgiving, you can't beat it. Um uh number two is gonna be the Cowboys, um the uh commanders at the Eagles. That's a week four game. So we go back to Philly. Last time we went to Philly, we beat them, you know, and ended that under that undefeated streak that they had, you know, you know, so yeah, so you know, the Philadelphia failures. So we got them. <laughs> we got them. So of course, so of course they'll be running their mouth. And I, you know, let's go back to Philly and, and deal with it. What we did to them on, on Monday Night Football, and you know, keep it going. You know, because Carson Wentz ain't walking through that door. Because so, you're not second, my nephew Sam Howell nine times. Not gonna happen. <laughs> so, um, and then my final one's gonna be Week 18. We played Dallas Cowboys. They come to FedEx. And if, once again, this is another one. This is the, you know, deja vu. It's funny. I look at our schedule. Like if if the 2021 Washington Commanders schedule versus 2002 schedule had a baby, it would be 2023. Like we finished <laughs> the regular season against the Cowboys yet again at FedEx. Um, that was Sam Howell, my nephew's coming out party. Once again, I think it's going to be another great game for us. It could be a situation that could have playoff implications. It could. Who knows where we're gonna be there? Um, so it's gonna be very interesting. Honorable mentions gotta be against the we got the Patriots. Mm. Obviously, mm. crazy thing about that. So we go to go to Foxborough. The last time that the Washington Redskins Commanders football team has won a game in Foxborough, guys, you'll never guess. October 13th, 1996. Wow. Adam Vinatieri Adam was the kicker for the for the Patriots at the time. Drew Bledsoe was a quarterback, and we were led by none other than Gus Farrat, number 12 of your program and number one in your heart, Gus Farrat. I remember let, let us Led us to a win at Foxborough. And, you know, so. Mm, interesting. It's been a long time. It's been 
nearly 27 years. If at the time, you know, at the time we play him in November, it would be 27 years since we've uh, won a game in, in Foxborough. So, wow. I think this is a good opportunity to to break that streak. Um, so, kids that are 27, 28 years old, the Gen Z kids have never seen the Washington Commanders beat the New England Patriots in New England. So, Gen Z, consider it a historic day on November the fifth, and stay tuned, kids. No Giants game, dang. But, yeah, they got we got them after um we got them after Atlanta on October twenty second. That's gonna be an interesting game because obviously that tie and the, mm. the bull stuff that happened on that Sunday night football game after the bye. And we got and the crazy thing about it, we got a bye in week fourteen once again, just like we did last year. So that's really late. Interesting though, you know that's why I'm like oh I I, I fear for that because I'm like same thing happened. We had the momentum. You know, I think we, I think we were, what was say we were like eight and no, I forgot, I forgot. We, we, we was what eight five, no, we weren't eight five and one, I don't think. We were seven five and one going to the bar. Yeah, here we were seven five and one going to the bar. That's right, because that's we had a tie because we were seven and five because we, that's right, because we had the Atlanta game, we ended up being seven and five, and then we ended up tying with the Giants. So we were seven five and one going to the bar week, and then well, we lost like. Um, three out of the last four games. So, yeah, yes, yeah, like that. So, <laughs> right. So we'll put a bow on this week's couch coach live, fellas. So, uh, who gets this week's game ball? Um, let's see who you who you got, Jordan. Who, who gets your, this game ball this week for you? I'm going with. I'm going to be a little biased, but I'm going with Nikola Jokic. I mean. In 12 postseason games, he's averaging 31 points, 10.1 assists, and 13.5 rebounds per game. Obviously, against the Lakers last night, he had 34 points, 23 rebounds, or excuse me, 21 rebounds on 23, 14 assists. So a triple-double with 34 points, 21 rebounds, and 14 assists. I mean, the guy is becoming a superstar right, you know, in our eyes. All right, Mallory, what you got? So I knew that you were going to be on the show, and I have the same. I have the have the Joker. I mean, I, I can't. I was going to pick. I said, man, you got to give it to the Joker. Who's who played? I, I, it was astonished. You know what I mean? Like he had what, what twenty? How many rebounds did he have in the first half? He had like ten in the in the first quarter, right? Right. Yeah. Was you know what I mean? No, it was huh? sixteen because remember they, they had sixteen because remember they had seventeen. They took one of his rebounds away at halftime. So I'm just saying you have to give it to him. Like you, it's it's funny that Joel Embiid won the MVP, then he lost, and he they lost bad, right? What or that was the second game when he came. I think when Joel Embiid got it, was that the, that wasn't Game Seven, was it? That was what Game Six. Oh, that was Game Three. You talking about when he when he got the award? Yeah, when he got it. What game was that? Three. It was Game Three, and yeah. I, I'm just saying in general, man. Like, I. I, was like, I just had to give it to him. You know what I mean? I was like, man, just give it to Joker, man. Because, you know, you've seen, when you be honest with you, he just dominated it was all the way around, you know? Yeah. All right. So my game ball's got to go to the four-letter word in sports, ESPN. Mm. Man, what a tremendous get. And you think to yourself, this team, you know, ESPN's going to be celebrating their 44th year in existence um, in September. And I think 
them getting Pat McAfee saves mm. their brand wow. for sure. This is what block. This is what Blockbuster should have did with Netflix, and mm-hmm. ESPN was smart enough to get a guy that is now you know one of the top sports personalities in the game to join their forces, and he fits like a glove in their rotation because they can still have you know. So now they can compete in that mid in that afternoon slot with the Colin Cowherds of the world, the mm-hmm. Rich Eisens, and you know um, Jim Rome. So they. Here because they'll fit in that 12 o'clock slide, so he'll be um, joining ESPN in the fall. Perfect acquisition for them. ESPN, this is a very forward move for ESPN. Kudos to the good folks in Bristol, Connecticut, because I literally think Pat McAfee will save ESPN. Mm, for sure. Yeah, especially in the midst of all everything that's going on with the layoffs and all this type of stuff. You know, ESPN. It, it ain't dead yet. Right. <laughs> For sure. So, before we head on out, fellas, uh, your final thoughts and just um, plug away social media, anything that you got going on. I'll go with you first. Jordan, what you got? Well, you can find me at SportsCoop1 on Twitter. I have a blog that I write Mondays through Thursdays with podcasts on Fridays at sports sports-scoop.com. So, I, I got to tell you, Maui, it'll be an interesting Lakers series. Could go either way. I, tomorrow's a, a big game for you guys. If you go down right. 0 2, who knows what's going to happen? Right. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> Cancun on three. Well, <laughs> exactly. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Best out of seven, not six or five, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we'll forget that sometimes. <laughs> y'all should be, be chilling with Katie. I don't know. K- Katie sit back. He be come back from Cancun. Ain't yet. nobody chilling with Katie until he get a haircut. Shoot, he's like, I don't care about y'all. <laughs> like, he can't cool live his life. You think somebody putting um oil on his um? Let me stop. It's a possibility. I mean, <laughs> man, that that city lends itself to that type of activity. So you know, right. hey, you know, right? Hey, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah. You know, uh, for me, man. You know, great show, bro. Uh. DT Morgan um, uh, uh, Instagram and Deshaun Morgan Facebook. And um, hey, man, I just hope we steal that game. You know what I mean? It'd be real interesting. I was very, I watched that game. And like I said, I was like, what's going on? But I, I like I said, I'm starting to understand they play different in the playoffs. So I wasn't as emotional because I didn't watch the last three Warriors games. No, sir. No, too emotionally attached. I was watching through my phone. <laughs> like, you know, I couldn't do it. Bro. But um, so, you know, I'm, I'm still a little confident that we should be, able to be all right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, another great show. Once again, definitely shoot shots to shout out to Jordan for coming on tonight. Right. And like you said, and definitely plug in sportsgroup.com because Jordan, it was funny thing about Jordan is, right? So, like, TMZ Sports would be like, Kendall Jenner, oh, yeah, Bad, Bunny, and, and Bad Bunny, and, and Devin Booker in a love triangle. Who cares? Yeah, that's, true. That's, that's, true. that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares? <laughs> that's, that's a lot what I say on some of those TMZ ones. It'd be so funny. And it's funny because like, even before I knew you, Jordan, I was like, 
He's on all this stuff. Like he'll be like, it'll be like non-sports stories. It'd be like, yeah, Kendall Jenner is broke up with Ben Simmons. <laughs> Who cares? Sportscoop.com. <laughs> so yeah. definitely, uh, once again, another great show. Uh, yeah, man. So um follow uh the, the podcast on social media anywhere you get your pod um any any social media, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, still on TikTok. Luckily, we ain't in Montana because it got banned in Montana today. So, as long as it's not banned in Virginia, we still have Couch Coach Man. Live on TikTok. But why would they ban it in Montana? Like, what else they got going? Let me shut up. Right. Hey, shout out to Montana. It's Montana. It is Montana. Shout out to Montana, though. You For know. real. Probably we had good times in Montana. Had. Yeah. The best taste of what I ever had in my life. For sure. One of the best burritos I ever had in my oh, life. Oh, yeah. That is true. That is true. <laughs> yeah. I think I walked like two miles for that too in the heat. Remember hey, George, I went to this place and I, we was in Missoula. What was it in Helena? Helena, yeah, Helena, yeah, Helena. Yeah, yeah, we was in Helena. Yeah. And I said, Coach, I'm not playing with you. This has got to be the best burrito I ever had. I ain't even going to lie to you. And I said, Man, I got two. I said, I ate one. I got this one for later. I would give it to you, but nah, man, you're going to have to go down there and get <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah. man, it was delicious. Yeah, I went for it. Went for that walk. It was hot too that day too. And I, yeah, I you, I thugged it out, but I got it though. Right. But yeah. So and then also check out the podcast anyway. Get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, with there. And um, essentially, uh, pretty much the website couchcoachlive.com. We got a lot of stuff going on there as well. But yeah, man, once again, another great show. Definitely appreciate you, George, for uh, for coming on and. Definitely Thanks gonna for you know, have you for sure. Definitely gonna have you on um, at, at some point, some point during the seasons that progress. So yeah, definitely appreciate you coming on. And yeah, man. So this has been this week's Couch Coach Live. We'll catch you guys next week. And we're out. Welcome.